0: This is Open to Hope Radio, featuring Dr. Gloria Horsley and her daughter, Dr. Heidi Horsley, coming to you on behalf of the Open to Hope Foundation, dedicated to those who are looking for hope after loss. Now, here's Dr. Gloria.
1: Welcome to the Grief Relief Show. I'm your host, Dr. Gloria Horsley, with my co-host and daughter. Dr. Heidi Horsley. Well, Heidi, uh, we've got an interesting guest today because I am absolutely fascinated by uh, some theories she's got and some thoughts about abandonment. So why don't you introduce her and let's uh, move on and talk about this important issue.
2: Okay, I'd love to, Mom. Um, We are going to interview Susan Anderson today and we're going to talk about abandonment recovery. Susan Anderson is a psychotherapist, speaker, and author devoting over 30 years of clinical experience and research to working with the victims of abandonment, trauma, grief, and loss. She is the founder of the Abandonment Recovery Movement. Welcome to the show, Susan.
3: Oh, I'm happy to be here.
1: It's great to have you on. You know, I I really had never thought about abandonment in terms of grief and a death. And Heidi and I were talking about it today and said, wow, that that really works in there. Could you tell us a little bit about how you got into the field of abandonment and, and came up with this idea?
3: Well, I had always looked, I'm a a therapist, and I had been doing psychotherapy for a long time, looking through the prism of abandonment issues, as in primal feelings of loss that sort of stay with us from childhood, the fear of mommy not coming back to the crib, you know, just the primal fear, and looking through that prism at anxiety, people's anxiety. I had worked in a psychiatric hospital with every diagnostic category, And I kind of saw people in terms of being away from their families and disconnected and disconnected from their lives and seeing that separation anxiety from the primal abandonment. And all of a sudden, my own abandonment occurred. I was in a beautiful 18-year marriage, and he just up and left me literally out of the blue. It was a complete shock. And I went into abandonment grief that was, absolutely knee-bending. It was the most difficult thing to get through.
1: Sometimes people say that it would almost be easier if they died.
3: Yes, I think when you're going through that, you you feel that it's easier if, if they died because there's not as much feeling of rejection. It's mm-hmm. the feeling of rejection and just being deserted. It's your worst nightmare happening. However, it, and having And isn't it, is, it is kind of a death because it's the death of a marriage and the, a death of the life that you... Thought you were going to have right well it is it is very much like a death in that um what it's over for you but not necessarily for your friends and others because the person really hasn't died but goes on living maybe in a new relationship and having a wonderful time and having wonderful new sex and living very very intensely maybe better than before even because he's in he or she is in a brand new thing and they're enjoying it so you've lost them as profoundly as if they died but not mm-hmm. the rest of the world they're still they're still present to their to their mothers and fathers and sisters and brothers and best friends just mm-hmm. not to you so it's like a death but it's different and then mm-hmm. after recovering sufficiently from the abandonment i got into another beautiful trusting relationship which was Miraculous to be able to do, but I was very lucky. And we were together, you know, in a marital relationship for almost nine years, and he died. So I was to discover what the difference is from, from an emotional level of my own personal experience between losing someone through rejection and abandonment, betrayal, you know, through having somebody walk away from you, versus losing them very profoundly... To death, because the mm-hmm. sadness of their loss, too, of their losing life, their losing the the ability to continue to enjoy life, com, com, confounds and compounds the the loss many times over.
1: Now, what did he die of? Did you take care of him, or?
3: Um, yes, he he died of cancer, and and I did take take care of him for about a year before he died. And you know, when you take care of someone who's so ill and and dying uh, you get so close to them it is such an intimate connection that you that you develop with them as if you weren't already intimate as if you weren't Mm -hmm. already very 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 close and loving and then you actually reach in deeper the way a mother and baby are almost an infant as you really take care of them and you hold their beating heart in the palm of your hand so it is a very profound feeling of loss
1: when, when they die because you lose such a part of yourself. It also requires so much physical energy and time that they are uh, kind of like a job, too, in a way. I mean, you're spending a huge amount of time taking care of them. So when they die, that that space is huge.
3: Yes, it is huge. It's it's the worst kind of unemployment to go through because you are literally without anything to do. And you can't even fill it up no matter what you try to do. You can do a laundry, put dishes in the dishwasher, dig some holes to plant some new vegetables. You could do a thousand things, and within two seconds those deeds are done, and you don't even enjoy doing them. You're just going through the motions to find some way to fill this huge void So you've you've lost part of your identity also, it sounds like. Oh, very much so. Very much. Yes, it it creates (laughs) a huge social change.
1: Yeah, in divorce, you lose identity both ways. But I'm kind of wondering the outside world. This is fascinating thinking about divorce uh, compared with death because having your spouse leave you for another person or whatever, you're not going to get the kind of support from the outside world that you will get. You will get it from a few people, but, you know, you're not going to get the kind of support you'd get after a death where people, it's final, people can take a side. I mean, they can take the side and it'll always be your side because they're always compassionate with you. So, you know, and, and they miss the person that's gone. You have kind of a commonality.
3: Right. You have a commonality where there's a death. Um, with, with death, there is closure in the sense that you know the person's not coming back even if you have spiritual feelings that they're sort of present or or could be become present soon um, that's not the same as having them physically in your life so regardless of your spiritual or, or religious ideas you when someone dies there's a realistic understanding that they're not coming back and when someone is not dead but has left you there's always that chance where there's breath there's Hope And so there's this incomplete closure where there could be, who knows, a chance of reconciliation. So it makes the the closure very difficult. And because with death it's so final, the closure, which can be almost a blessing in the sense that you at least are not waiting for the person to return rationally, but the profound helpless awareness of loving someone who is no longer present is just tremendous. And it's, it is kind of hard to share that with other people who may not have been a part of that person's life on a daily basis. It is a very deeply, profoundly difficult process to get through.
1: Wow, this is really interesting. Well, well and
2: I, have a friend, I have a friend, Susan, that was going through a divorce and didn't feel supported. But two weeks before the divorce was finalized, her husband died all of a sudden she got all sorts of support because now she was the widow instead of the divorcee.
3: Yes, it gives you a role as a widow, which is wonderful in the sense that, that for a while you do get that support. You get the validation and the, and you get acknowledged because you're going through a loss, whereas when you're being abandoned by someone, even some of your friends will cross the street on the other side to avoid the embarrassment of having to say, so, how's, you know, how's John doing? Because it's, it, there's shame, there's embarrassment about being dumped, being rejected. You know, people don't send you bouquets of flowers.
1: Like you said, the other person's having a jolly good time because they've found the love of their yeah. life. You know, whatever, and then yeah, we have exactly. one friend who was telling us that that uh, one of the relatives said, "You know, your your ex husband, your ex husband seems a lot better. I think I think it's a good relationship he's in now." Yeah, painful. I wanted you to talk about grief's protest phase. What's that all about?
3: Yes. Um, oh, well, you know, as I I just I'll contradict myself now. I just said that that. You know, when someone dies, you realistically know they're not coming back, so you don't wait for them the way you do with abandonment. But there is the waiting for them to come back. It's not rational. It's the it's what the mind does. The mind sort of has a mind of its own. You know, we individually don't really direct our grief process. It more or less washes over us.
1: I like that. It washes over us. I think that that's a nice way to put it.
3: It really is, it's like waves. We get waves of grief, and it's not something we can't direct it. We have to be on hand to to welcome the feelings or cope with the feelings, manage the feelings, understand, accept many things we can do with the feelings, but the thing that we can't do is make them go away. We can't magically, you know, make them disappear. The grief process is a powerful process, and it's bigger than we are, and it's something that washes over us, and we are left to manage it the best way that we can. And protest is the natural process of the brain, of the mind, to say, this can't be, and "This I can't accept this fact. There, there, it can't be that I'll never see this person again. And so the human brain will search for the lost object. It will spool looking for
1: that person. Mm -hmm. I remember having when my son was killed having a stiff neck. Do you remember looking for Scott, Heidi?
2: And and thinking I saw him and running up and being surprised that it wasn't him, even even though I knew he was dead.
1: Yes,
3: that's the kind of thing that's so so very typical of this, the searching for the lost object. And it will, it will have you almost feeling that you can this have just seen the person or have just heard them. Or it will get mm-hmm. you to go through your memory banks and reconjure the person up. Or it will get you to talk about them with close friends and family to keep, to keep that, that image alive. It will, it will actually prolong the grief to keep you in the sad feelings because that at least keeps you in the relationship. As the mind searches for the lost object, it goes through so many revolutions, just searching and searching and searching, hoping to find that um, that that image of that person. It will have you looking through photographs. It will have mistaken you know mis- mistaken identifications of thinking you see that person all over, as you just said.
1: Well, you know, Susan, I want to interrupt you because there's something I want to get to, and I think it's really, really important in looking at your work, and that is if you have had an abandonment experience, it's going to come back and bite you when there's a death for you. Unless you take a look at it, and I know you've written a lot on abandonment and your website, your books, talk a little bit about those. And you can, uh, you know, say something about what I just said, too. But I think that, you know, if you want to help yourself now deal with the future of losses that you will have, you need to go back and take a look if you feel like you've had an abandonment issue.
3: mm mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really true, because losing someone to death will evoke will evoke all of the losses. It's a cumulative loss. Everything that you've experienced since childhood in the way of disconnection, disappointment, all of it is part of a cumulative wound, and that is the wound that opens during a loss like that. It's a profound loss, and you become more vulnerable. But you know there's a lot of abandonment in grieving a death, because you feel that... that the t- tiny child within you, which of course is still thriving and and still has feelings that that very you know primitive emotional center that we all have, is feeling abandoned, is feeling left is feeling somehow powerless because life has done us such a dirty trick and removed that person from us so there's an element and we
2: talk Susan, my mom and I were talking about that before the show, and I was saying, you know when Scott died, my brother died. I did feel like he abandoned me. And I thought, how could you leave me here and abandon me and, and leave me in a grieving family and not be here for the rest of my life? It was really yes. strange because even though he was in a car accident and he couldn't help it, I, I felt like he abandoned me.
3: Yes, and it wasn't necessarily rational, but that's, that's what happens right. with all of the primitive feelings.
1: Let's t- tell people about your website and how they can get your books and you do workshops and it's all on your fabulous website, right?
3: Yes. Um, well you know my website the, the abandonment.net is the website but on the front you'll see that there's a there's a very involved article called uh, grief over death and you can find it right on the front page of my website um, and my books are journey from abandonment to healing and um, taming your outer child which deals with the self-sabotage that happens following a loss Um and uh, you can find my books on my website or attend one of my workshops. I have one coming up in California, actually um, in May um, and in July on the, on the West Coast. And I have several on the East Coast coming up.
1: All right. Great. Well, thank you so much for being on our show today. And thank you for all the work you're doing and for really the unique and um, helpful and healing ideas that I think you're bringing into the world. Well, Thank, Thank you, you Susan. for having me. Well, Heidi, uh, I, this whole abandonment thing I think is quite fascinating and bringing things from the past and past losses.
2: Yeah, I do too. I love it. And I, I, and, and I love thinking you know, about our, my own life and, and all different abandonments and how, like you said, different losses trigger those. Um, and I also love what Susan said when she said, we can't direct grief, it washes over us.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Because it is oftentimes such a helpless feeling when you're grieving.
1: Yeah, you do want to direct it. Well, um, we hope that you'll listen again next week, and we hope that you will continue to join us on your healing journey. And God bless.
0: You've been listening to Open to Hope Radio, hosted by Doctors Gloria and Heidi Horsley. Like today's edition, all of our past programs are available on demand at opentohope.com along with helpful articles, videos, resources, and links to help get you through the toughest time of your life. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter and sign up for our monthly newsletter. Again, that's opentohope.com. Check it out today. Then be sure to stop by next Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time when we'll be posting another edition of Open to Hope Radio. Remember, others have been where you are. They made it through, and you can too, as long as you're open to hope.